Hello, welcome to my Two Cents Podcast Royal Rumble Review. I'm your host, G2. I am here to give you my review of the Royal Rumble. Uh, without further ado, let's just start right on up into it. The first match of the Royal Rumble was the Universal Championship match between two brothers of the Shield. The head of the table, the Tribal Chief, Roman Reigns, the Universal Champion, going against the Visionary, the Drip God, Seth freaking Rollins, and before the match even began, you had Roman come out, do his whole head-of-the-table entrance, he even wore his uh, traditional, the red uh, Samoan, um, I want to say necklace, but it's something for them, their tradition that they put on, because the last time we saw him wear that uh, necklace was whenever he had to go against John Cena at SummerSlam, um, Roman was in the ring waiting for Seth, and we didn't get Seth's music. We did not get Seth's burn it down music. Oh, no, 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 no. Ladies and gentlemen, Seth Rollins, he decides to play more mind games with Roman Reigns. He decides to play the Shield's entrance theme, and he comes out through the crowd, light the Shield, and he's dressed up in Shield attire. Shield. <sighs> Seth is out here just really playing with Roman. He's the only person on the roster, truly, that can mess around with Roman headspace more than any other person because he knows Roman more than anybody besides the Usos. But you know what? Even more better than the Usos because even in Roman's uh, feud with Jey Uso in 2020, you didn't see Roman get, like, so frustrated. You didn't see him, like, really get himself, like, boiled up. His blow was boiling or anything else you didn't see roman do that you saw roman majority calm he'll take out his frustrations on jay whenever he had to do it but you didn't see him get upset like this whenever seth got into the ring roman was trying to calm himself down the camera really panned itself and really honed itself in on roman as you just saw roman just bite his like really just like you see him just like messing around with his teeth and he just start gritting his teeth and he's trying to calm himself down because he is, <laughs> he's hurt because he cannot get over what happened in 2014. He still cannot get over Seth Rollins breaking up the shield instead of the shield breaking up amicably. No, Seth Rollins was the one to break up the shield. So Seth is really playing with Roman. Anyway, Seth does win the match. By disqualification, when Roman locks in the guillotine choke on Seth. Seth was so close to reaching the bottom rope, but he faded. The referee saw this. He goes over to Seth's hands. He lifts up Seth's hand, and you see like the referee kind of place Seth's hands on the bottom rope. Because even Pat McAfee even said, you saw the ref lift up the hands, and somehow Seth Rollins' hand hits the bottom rope. It was that close to the bottom rope, ladies and gentlemen. Seth was literally passed out. Usually in WWE matches, they usually don't even do the whole hand rule anymore. Back in the day, they used to. And what the hand rule is, is if somebody is literally passed out or in a sleeper hold or whatever the case may be, they usually would lift your hand up and let it drop three times. If your hand would drop all three times, they will call for the bell to end the match. But that didn't happen here. Seth's hand went up. And then somehow it draped right down onto the bottom rope. Roman doesn't let go of the choke. The referee counts up to five. And at the count of one, he even told Roman to let go of the choke. Roman said, I can't do that. 
you just start seeing Roman just grow, hold on to it much more tighter, and you start seeing the referee count two, three, four, five. He even tries to shake Roman off of the hold, and Roman just yelling, I can't do that. He deserves this, and he just holds on and squeezes onto the guillotine choke more, and you see the referee ring for the bell, and we give the match to Seth Rollins, but Roman Reigns is still the Universal Champion. Um, After the match, you see Roman hold on to the guillotine choke for a good two more minutes. He just constantly just holds it in as the fans are booing him, and I mean booing Roman. Roman eventually lets go of the chokehold, and now he's talking to himself. He is talking to himself, trying to calm himself down. He said that he deserves this, and he's even just looking at the people just booing him, and then he just stops in his tracks, and then he looks over at the timekeeper, and he gets out of the ring, walks slowly over to the timekeeper, and he tells him to get out of the chair. The timekeeper gets out of the chair, Roman picks up the chair, folded up, and you know where he's about to do with this. He recreates exactly what happened to him in 2014, the same way that Seth broke up the shield by hitting Roman in the back with the chair. Roman does the exact same thing. Seth Rollins was able to get up, collect himself a little bit, but he gets cracked in the back by Roman with the steel chair, a la 2014. Roman now is constantly beating up Seth with the steel chair, and I mean just laying it in. I mean, he's laying them chair shots in, and the referee is trying to stop Roman, but Roman ain't trying to hear that. He constantly just bashes and bashes and bashes Seth's back in with the chair. He stops. He throws the chair down. He's like, scares the referee out of the ring, and he's just yelling out to the fans that he deserves this. I don't know why you guys are booing me. Seth deserves this, and in reality, Seth does because you've been playing around with Roman. We get Roman's a tribal chief. We get Roman's not the greatest of guys. But if everybody really to look back at everything, you can't say that Seth does not deserve getting his back bashed in by a steel chair. Nobody can ever say that he doesn't deserve this. Roman then decides, you know what? He goes outside of the ring. He grabs his Universal Championship. He's about to walk away, but then he stops his tracks. He decides, you know what, that ain't enough. He goes back to go inside the ring, grab the steel chair, and starts wailing on Seth again with the steel chair. He does it so much that the top of the chair kind of bends and breaks off a little bit. And then he throws the chair down, he collects himself, and he walks out, grabs the Universal Championship, and walks to the back, and he said, now I can go. Now I'm done. Because whenever he was beating up Seth back in with the second time with the steel chair, he told Seth, he was started telling him point blank, you took a piece of me that I could never get back, and now I have to take it, I have to take that piece back from you now, and you start laying in the chair, I mean, Roman was, this match really was Roman's literal emotional, like, matchup right here, Roman was really emotional throughout this whole match, you saw him trying his best to outwit Seth Rollins, but Seth was always able to outwit Roman in this thing, it's a great match. I'm just giving you the ending, but during the match, you saw Seth powerbomb Roman through the announce table. You saw Roman hit Seth with multiple uh, spears. You saw Seth was able to counter one of Roman's spears into a pedigree, a la Money in the Bank 2016, and we thought that was it, but that wasn't it. I would suggest you check the match out. Again, great match, nothing bad to say, and I told you this match was going to be one of the best matches on the night, and it was. After this, we have the Women's Royal Rumble match. The first two women to start the match up was Sasha Banks, who attire resembles Sailor Moon, 
and Melina, she was one of the surprise interests for this match. They did not make it throughout this whole matchup. The winner of the Women's Royal Rumble was Ronda Rousey. She won the match by last eliminating Charlotte Flair. <laughs> let, let me say this right now. I did not expect Ronda Rousey to truly like be in here and like be the last person to win. I didn't expect it. I thought Bailey was going to come back. I thought Oscar was going to come back. I did not expect Ronda Rousey, even though there was reports saying that WWE was trying to get Ronda back into WWE. I didn't expect it. But once the music hit, I was like, okay, she's in here. And I immediately thought, all right, looks like Ronda's going to win. And she does. Charlotte had a good uh, outing in this matchup. She was able to eliminate uh, a lot of individuals. As a matter of fact, Ronda eliminated four while Charlotte eliminated five. But this was a good Women's Royal Rumble. And I want to break down something to you at the end of this uh, Royal Rumble uh, review. I want to break down somehow you could tell the difference between a men's Royal Rumble and a women's Royal Rumble. But I'll get to that after the whole situation. I'll get to I'll get to that in a minute. Next match after this, we had Becky Lynch going against Dewdrop for the Raw Women's Championship. It was Power versus uh, Speed. It was rookie experience going against veteran experience on the WWE level. We had Becky Lynch win the match when she was able to hit the Manhandle Slam, aka the Rock Bottom, for people that don't understand this. From the second turnbuckle. So that means her and Dewdrop were on the second turnbuckle. And Becky was able to apply the manhandle slam and slam Dewdrop off of it. It was simple. This match was really, really simple to understand. You understood the concept. Dewdrop tried to use her power throughout this whole thing. And tried to, because she's a bigger, she's the bigger competitor out of the two. So she has no other choice but to use her power and her strength and that type of thing, while Becky's trying to avoid the power, avoid uh, Dewdrop just grabbing her and trying to stick and move as much as she can throughout this whole thing. Again, solid match, nothing to complain about. After this, we had the matchup that everybody wanted to see for years. For the WWE Championship, we had Bobby Lashley with MVP in his corner going against Brock Lesnar with Paul Heyman in his corner for the WWE Championship, and Bobby Lashley won the match <laughs> with help from... Roman Reigns. You see, Bobby and Brock, they had a nice little tussle in this. They first started off, they uh, had their whole, like, lock-up. They locked up twice. They were able to shake off each time, and then you start seeing them one-upmanship each other. Brock hit a German suplex on Bobby. Then Bobby hit a German suplex on Brock, and Brock looked really impressed by this. He got up and started saying, that was impressive. So then you start seeing Brock turn into Brock and he start going back and German suplexing Bobby Lashley. He does it two or three times after this. Then Bobby was able to take advantage of this. Bobby was able to dominate Brock until this one moment. Brock and Bobby are on outside of the ring. Brock is next to the barricade, next to the timekeeper and all that. Bobby is going to spear Brock through the barricade, but Brock moves out of the way. Bobby hits the barricade and breaks through the barricade. So Brock now has the advantage. He puts Bobby Lashley back into the ring. German suplex, German suplex, German suplex. Until Bobby was able to counter out on one of the German suplex and lock in the hurt lock on Brock Lesnar. Brock is uh, struggling in the hurt lock. MVP is jumping up and down outside of the ring because usually people don't get out of the hurt lock. But Brock was able to get out of the hurt lock by this. And this is whenever we get into our situation. The referee was in the corner and Brock pushes 
himself and Bobby into the corner with the referee. So they squish the referee down. The referee is holding his stomach. Brock is able to get out of the hurt lock. He lifts up Bobby Lashley on his shoulders. He hits the F5 on Bobby, but Bobby's foot hits the referee. So now the referee's down. He rolled out of the ring, and Brock is pinning Bobby Lashley. The, re the crowd is chanting and counting along, and that would have been a three count, and that would have been the end of it, but Brock sees the referee not up. He gets up. He looks on the outside of the ring. He just doesn't know what to do, and we hear the fans start clamoring a little bit. They start raising up the tempo. Usually when something like that happens, we know something is about to go down, and once Brock turns around, he gets hit with a spear by none other than Roman Reigns. Roman Reigns stands there. He walks over to Paul, who Paul's on the outside of the ring. Roman's on the inside of the ring. He looks at Paul. Paul freezes in position. And at this moment, Paul Heyman's holding the WWE Championship. Roman extends his hand out, his hand out like he would usually do when Paul Heyman would give him the microphone on SmackDown. And Paul Heyman hesitates a little bit, but he fully gives in and he hands over the WWE Championship over to Roman Reigns. Roman Reigns is now stalking Brock Lesnar to get up. And once Brock gets up, Roman hits him with the WWE Championship and he just looks at the WWE Championship and just flings it onto the ground like it's a piece of trash. He gets out of the ring. You see Paul Heyman walk over to Roman. And you start seeing them start walking to, towards the back. You see a referee literally run past them. Bobby goes over to Brock, pins Brock, and the referee slides in, counts to three, and now we have a new WWE champion. So in the record books, it will say Bobby Lashley beat Brock Lesnar, which I have no complaint with it at all, because personally, I said it on the Wrestling Highlights of the Week. I thought that Brock was going to win, but I will have no problem with Bobby because personally, I have no problem with Bobby. I will be glad, but knowing WWE, that's not how they work. But they proved me completely wrong here. They want to continue the storyline. They want to continue the situation between Brock and Roman Reigns, which I have no problem with at all. And whenever I saw Paul hand over the WWE Championship to Roman Reigns, it reminded me of the flashback that they will show from time to time of, Paul Heyman, not Paul Heyman, but uh, Paul Bearer hitting The Undertaker in The Undertaker's matchup with Mankind in the Boiler Room uh, boiler room match on SummerSlam. I don't remember what year it was. I believe it was 90, ooh, 96, if not 96, 97. And no, it was 96, uh, SummerSlam 96, because that is a synonymous thing. Paul Heyman is synonymous with Brock Lesnar. When you think of Paul Heyman, you think of Brock. When you think of Brock, you think of Paul, because those two are an inseparable package deal. Same thing with back in the day with Paul Bearer and Undertaker. When you think of the Undertaker, you think of Paul Bearer. When you think of Paul Bearer, you think of the Undertaker. It's simple math. It's simple. But now, with the portrayal of Paul betraying Brock Lesnar, we now get... To the point where, okay, we're going to see them wrestle again. That's where this is going. And this wasn't the end of Brock Lesnar tonight, by the way. And I'll get more to that in a minute, too. After this matchup, we had Edge and Beth Phoenix going against the Miz and Maurice in a mixed tag team match. Edge and Beth Phoenix win the match by defeating uh, Miz and Maurice by pinfall when 
Edge and Beth hit a double spear onto Miz at the same time, and then they hit a Glamazon a slam. Beth hits one on Maurice, and then Edge hits one on Miz, and Edge pins the Miz. Solid mixed tag team match, nothing to complain about here. You had uh, Maurice was able to get some shots in on Beth Phoenix, even outwit her for a little bit, but you know the deal. Beth is strong, and Beth is a woman destroyer. Same thing with Edge. Edge was able to get up on Miz. Even at one point, it looked like the Miz and Maurice was going to win because you saw Maurice hit uh, Beth Phoenix with the French Kisses, which basically is a DDT, and then the Miz hit Edge with a skull-crushing finale. Miz pins Edge, but it, uh, Edge kicks out. So it looks like that Miz and Maurice have to put themselves together and hit a double skull crusher finale on Edge, but Beth stops this, and that will leads into the spear combination and the Glamazon stuff. Good, solid mixed tag team match. Nothing to complain about. Again, I like the mixed tag team match. I just wish we would have got Edge and Beth going against Becky and Seth Rollins in the summer. I wish we would have got that, but hopefully... And just maybe we probably might get that still. Now, time for the men's Royal Rumble match. Uh boy. The first men to start out the Royal Rumble was AJ Styles and Shinsuke Nakamura. The last two men in the Royal Rumble match were number 30, Brock Lesnar, and number 21, Drew McIntyre. Brock Lesnar and Drew McIntyre were the last two men in the Rumble, and this was a recreation of their WrestleMania 2020 matchup. And the difference was between WrestleMania 2020 and this matchup was that they had fans in attendance for this. Even Drew walked up to Brock and said, this is the exact same moment. I've been waiting for this all this time. Now, the difference is we have fans here, but the end result is going to be the same. I'm going to toss you out. And I thought personally, okay, Drew McIntyre is going to win this because now Drew will finally get his uh, WrestleMania moment with Fans in attendance and him beating Brock Lesnar the same way that he did at WrestleMania 2020, but it was inside the WWE Performance Center in front of nobody. But that was not the case. Brock was able to F5 Drew McIntyre out of the ring, and Brock Lesnar will be going on to the Royal Rumble, well, to WrestleMania in the main event. We know who Brock Lesnar is going to choose because the story still continues of Brock and Roman. That's easy to see, easy to understand. Raw is going to have Ronda Rousey on there. And more than likely, she's probably going to play tease to say that she might go after Becky Lynch or she might go after Charlotte Flair. I think we're going to see Ronda showing up on both Raw and SmackDown. I don't think she's showing up on NXT, to be honest with you, because Ronda's not an NXT type. She's more main event level, main event, uh, main show level type deal here. So... I see Ronda showing up on both Raw and SmackDown, playing games with both champions. And both champions have a uh, history with her. Charlotte and Becky Lynch, both champions, Charlotte being the SmackDown champion and Ronda being the Raw Women's champion, they both have history with Ronda because at WrestleMania, uh, I believe 35 in 2019, they were the legit main event for WrestleMania. It was a triple threat, undisputed women's championship match between Ronda, Becky, and Charlotte. And Becky won that. So Ronda's able to easily connect back into history either with Charlotte or Ronda for this. Not Ronda, but uh, Becky Lynch for this. I don't know who she's going to pick. It's going to be interesting to see. Personally, if I had my choice about it, I would have her go after 
Charlotte Flair because Bianca Belair still do that legit one-on-one matchup with uh, Becky Lynch, and we might get it at the the at uh, WrestleMania. We might, but we'll just have to see how they do this. So, all in all, I was right only on one match. That's the F, Edge and Beth Phoenix matchup. I was wrong on everything else. So, I was one in five. That's terrible. Uh, that's terrible uh, selection by myself, but... Hey, it's cool. The Royal Rumble is always a fun pay-per-view. You don't know what's going to happen, so it's cool to be wrong on this type of stuff, especially on this event. And I said I was going to talk about the Women's Royal Rumble and the Men's Royal Rumble, the differences here. Now, always, when the first two uh, competitors of any Royal Rumble, whether it be men or women, they have their tussle, they fight in the ring, it's always going to be hot and heavy and all this type of stuff, right? They're able to compete like it's a one-on-one matchup, but the difference is they're just trying to throw somebody out of the ring. So they do this. They're able to get their stuff in. Towards the middle of each matchup, whether it be men or women, you start getting a lot of people inside the ring. So the ring gets crowded a little bit. And this is where we have our problems here. The men Royal Rumble, they're still able to move fluent. They're still able to get their stuff done. They're still able to look like they're doing something in the ring. While the women, and I don't mean to sound horrible with this, but this is just my observation, and if you look at it, you're able to see it too. The women are trying to figure out, okay, what are we supposed to do now? Are we supposed to? I'm supposed to go after her. It looks like they're like lost in movement. They're trying to figure out their place. Like, okay, am I supposed to go after her now, or what do I do now after I eliminate somebody? Like, they're stuck in their spot until somebody has to go over and like battle with them at that moment. Again, it's not me trying to crap on them. It's easy. Like I said, the first beginning of the match and the ending of the match is always the same. You start hot and heavy and you end hot and heavy, whether it be men or women. But the differences of each rumble is literally the middle of each rumble. Men are still able to continue fluently in the matchup like they're supposed to be doing. Continue having a match. Continue trying to throw somebody out of the ring. Continue battling with somebody while the women, they're still trying to figure out, okay, what am I supposed to do here? And it's easy to spot when you see it. I want somebody in the back to finish this and really look at it and be like, okay, next year we'll figure that out. We'll get it together. We'll make it as crisp as the men's Royal Rumble. That's what I want because I like seeing women uh, mix it up in the ring. I like seeing women be able to do what they do in the ring because they're one of the best in the ring. You have Bianca Belair, you have uh, Sasha Banks, you had Charlotte Flair, you have Ronda Rousey, who came back, you had Shayna Baszler, you had uh, Natalia, you have all these women that are great professional wrestlers, and they're able to still get their stuff in, but when it comes down to a rumble, some of them look lost in a rumble, while on the opposite end of the spectrum, you had on the men's side, you had like, people like AJ, Rich Holland, uh, Ricochet, uh, Damian Priest, Drew McIntyre, Riddle, Orton, all these guys, they're still able to still get their stuff in. They're still able to continue on and move fluid throughout their whole matchup, not looking lost. And I want somebody in the back who's helping the women get their matches together, look at this rumble and say, okay, I see this and I can now try to prepare for it next year in the Royal Rumble. That's all I want. But again, that just might just be my looking at it. I could be dead wrong, but if you look at it, I'm not. I'm just going to be blunt with it. I'm not wrong. If you look at it and be objective with it, I'm not wrong on this. I just want somebody in the back to get it as crisp as the men's rumble 
Because then you know what? You have no complaints out of me. That's the only like small little complaint that I got out of this Rumble. Everything else, perfect. Everything else was fine. All the matches were perfectly straight. But I just want the Women's Royal Rumble to be as crisp as the men. Even though the Men's Royal Rumble has been going on for years. And the women, this is their fifth Royal Rumble. Because it started out in 2018. But with technology at our hands and all the footage that we have, you can get a women's match crisp. You can get it, uh, their matches on the same level, or if not, even better than the Men's Royal Rumble. But that'll be saved for next year. We'll just see how they do it. But again, that was uh, the Royal Rumble. I enjoyed it. I hope you go to Peacock and watch it. It was a great pay-per-view. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, premium live event. That's what they're calling it. But I'm still always going to call it pay-per-view. It was a great event. I would suggest you watch it, please, because I don't think I did the Seth Rollins and Roman Reigns match justice. Anything else I did right, but I want you to really check out the Seth and Roman. And I want you to check out the betrayal of Bobby and Brock. Those are the two matches, obviously, I want you guys to check out. But also check out all the rest of the uh, matches on the card as well. But anyway, with that all being said, that has been my Two Cents Podcast Royal Rumble uh, review. I have been G2. He is I and I am him. I love you all. Please check out my Saturday episode, the Wrestling Highlights of the Week. And please check out my Sunday episode. It's called Choices Part 2. If you haven't checked those out, please check them out. Uh, With that, I love you all. You have a great Monday. Let's start off the week uh, nice and prepared. And let's get right and make sure everything gets done what needs to be done this week. And with that, uh, I have been G2. I love you all. I thank you. And Kanye, can you please take these people home? I'm tired. You tired. Uh Jesus wept. Uh